0: welcome to another episode of movie mastery it is the podcast where we watch the movies that you have told us to and we have done so i your host john with me as always my co-host jeff greetings we this time around watched a occult cult classic movie that i had never seen before. This is your first time through, huh? This is my first time watching Krull from mm. 1983. Krull the Con- call the Conqueror, I watched. Is that the right thing to have watched? Nope. The, the Kevin Sorbo Barbarian movie? I shouldn't have watched that? Ooh, no one should have watched that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's who it starred. <laughs> I just, no, I watched Krull because I know how to do the brief. But yeah, hooray for Krull. Yeah. So uh this was, of course, on our list of movies I had initially rolled up a different movie for this week and then jeff was like this movie is too good we can't do this movie I, you know i hate it it's it, i feel bad because people do wait a long time to get their movies through because there's so many on the list but every once in a while people throw movies in there cuz they're just like i like this movie the boys deserve a treat like they should, they should occasionally get to watch a good movie no we don't want to. no it's not a good it's not a good treat for the show no we got uh we got pitched Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Synecdoche. Synecdoche, huh? Is that? Yeah. yeah. Like where well, the whole I... gag is just that it's supposed to sound like Schenectady. Yeah. But the movie doesn't I mean, I don't want to downgrade. Here's the reason. I I like Schenect- or, uh, Synec- uh, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. It's a really good, really powerful movie. I got nothing to say about it though. That's fine. I didn't watch it and haven't watched it and will never watch it now. <laughs> Like, I was like, all right, I'm game. I've seen it before. I'm willing to give it another pass. And, and I was watching it. And I was like, ah, this is it's one of those movies where where the they intentionally rob you of your sense of time. Uh, that you're just watching a character collapse as the world around him becomes increasingly indifferent and mean to him. Uh, it's a lot like watching, say, like a serious man. But, uh, and you know, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's very good. But it's just I, I got I don't have an hour of jokes about it. And if I did, I'd get I'd get so yelled at. <laughs> That's fine. But instead, we watched Kroll, which is a movie that has, you know, it's one that I have known about, obviously, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh It is a, a cult classic, but honestly, the only thing I ever really knew about it was the Glaive. Yeah, you knew the Glaive, and some people might also know the there's a the Cyclops. Cyclops that's in it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's all you really need to know when you're going in. By the way, did you know what Synecdoche actually is? Yes. It's an annoyingly useless term, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's when the part stands for the whole. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like taking a hand in marriage. Yeah, or Cleveland wins get wins by six instead of the Cleveland Indians won the ball game by six points. Yeah, it's like why you don't need a fancy Latin word for that. That I hey. mean, the only reason I know how it's pronounced is because in my AP Ling- English class, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, and here's what this term is," and you know, because my teacher is a teacher and this is the only way they can get joy they were like someone tell me how you say that word <laughs> synecdoche <laughs> and so i was like uh cynic doche <laughs> yeah, he was prob- like nope <laughs> yeah it, it's synecdoche uh yeah uh anyway crawl 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 the conqueror what are you 82 83 crawl 83 all right is i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and say this mm mm-hmm. this movie rules and is almost good. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much that's pretty much a perfect description of it. It feels like it's, I mean, probably just because we've been doing what we've been doing for so long. Yeah. It feels like it's made of parts of other movies we've already watched. Oh, for sure. There's I a- mean, you start watching it and you're like, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Hey, you, man, you're making Star Wars. You got some Star Wars. You got a little dune in there. You definitely have some dark crystal because there's a lot of scrabbling around on rocks from a wide <laughs> shot. Yeah uh they even got some ewoks uh adventure the great ewoks caravan is because there's a part where they have to cross a, a spooky spider web the uh I mean the basic premise idea for this I feel was very cool but they did not lean into it hard enough which is essentially a sci-fi guy comes down and tries to take over a fantasy world yes and I'm like that's an awesome idea for a movie and then they went, Yeah, but the sci-fi guy is also a fantasy guy, too. And I'm like, bullshit, you fucked up. He's just a fantasy guy that moves through space. It's kind of a bummer. It's like a spell jammer kind of thing where, yeah, you're right. It would have been a lot, just a little extra bit more fun if they had leaned into the fantasy people being like, Well, they're sci fi guys. They have laser troopers and so on, but they are not ready for the fact that our planet has fucking magic. Exactly. That would be, that would be rad. If it it was like, oh, I'm, I'm the leader of these guys and I've got ridiculous technology. And they're like, hey, man, I cast a fucking spell. And he's like, I'm sorry, you do what now? (laughs) (laughs) Like that, it would be such an amazing premise for a movie. Yeah. And it almost was there. And it didn't go into it, and I'm very sad about that, because when it first started, I was like, that's amazing, I love this. Yeah, conceptually, because it did, yeah, it very much apes Star Wars in the opening, because the opening is like a long shot of a giant castle spaceship that looks like it's made out of rocks, uh, and you watch it pass overhead in the exact same watch the Star Destroyer go by shot. Yeah. And then we cut to a bunch of the Dune highliner shots. As it, we, we watch it from all different angles. And then it lands. And when it, once it lands on the planet, it's just a fucking castle now. And we're done with the, with the, with the sci-fi part. Yeah, it's unfortunate. From, from this point forward, the only sci-fi aspect will be that the bad guy troopers have, like, laser weapons. Yeah. And meh. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's sad, but it is also, I gotta say, if I were of an age that I had seen this when I was in my, like, impressionable 12-year-old things, mm-hmm. then instead of, say, Willow, I might have watched Krull, I would be like, Krull is amazing in one of my favorite movies. Watching it now as a 40-year-old man, I'm like, this movie is cool, but it is not good. <laughs> Come on, Disney, where's our Krull miniseries set 20 years after Crawl? Come on, we're supposed to, I mean, I guess... 40 years after Crawl. <laughs> give me give me the crawl but it's their kid yeah. who's supposed to take over the galaxy. Yeah, and he's that that little kid that's in the main storyline becomes his wise advisor now. <laughs> give me a new crawl. Yeah. <laughs> I want a new crawl. <laughs> <laughs> but he still got the glaive. <laughs> uh. All right. So, there you go. The spoiler-free review is Kroll's awesome. It's it is cool in the way that a hair metal band is cool in that you're like, "Haha, this is cool." It's not very good, no. but it's cool. No. So, there it is. All right. So, we'll see you on the other side with the details about how it's cool but not really. <laughs> we will play a little music and be right back with the full spoiler review of Kroll. We're back and it's time to talk about Crawl. Mm, is it though? It is. Oh, right. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. I was just I was just checking. I had to make sure <laughs> make sure it's crawl o'clock. Yeah, it's crawl time. <laughs> I did want to mention that somehow I did correctly pull the the lead ca- actor out of uh Call the Conqueror out of nowhere. It's a movie I've never seen and I only knew by name vaguely and it didn't de star Kevin Sorbo. I mean, the weird thing is when I had the exact same thing when I had rolled crawl. I was like, "Crawl the Conqueror? And then I was like, no, wait, that's Cull the Conqueror. And I did also have the... Wait a minute, is that Kevin Sorbo? It's Kevin Sorbo and Tia Carrere. Ooh, baby. What a movie. <laughs> Don't put that on the list. Not on the list. If we're going to watch any Kevin Sorbo movie. It's going to be God's Not Dead. <laughs> and that's already on the list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so... Krull, first off, thing I didn't realize, name of the planet. Yes. I thought Krull was going to be our a, hero. A, either our hero or a bad guy or something, but no, it's the name of the planet. Yeah, so Krull is the planet that the beast and his slayers go to. Mm-hmm. That is our bad guys in the... uh the big rock candy mountain that couple, flies through space. A couple more smacks of dune here and there, huh? Yeah. Where we've got a beast just like the beast Raban. Look, <laughs> look at me. I'm going to say uh, some I'm, I'm, uh, Stand back. I'm going to say some dune words real quick. Get out of here. No <laughs> one wants that. And the Slayers are so similar to the Sardaukar Warriors. <laughs> and the annoying thing to me was we see, you know, the uh the big castle that he's got that flies and Mm -hmm. you see his slayers and i was like oh that's a pretty neat looking weird sci-fi look for them that's fine Mm -hmm. and you know they've got like these high collar protective things and like domes Domes. yeah they have like dome helmets that make it they make you wonder what's going on in there and then they've got you know laser rifles with electro bayonets essentially Mm -hmm. and you know that's it's fairly neat but Then when we immediately get to see, like, what the actual residents of this planet are doing, you're like, why are their knights in sci-fi armor? Yes. (laughs) Because all of them look like they got into some fucking Stormtrooper armor that got painted, like, red. Yeah, you get a mix of Stormtrooper armor and, like, old-timey Ren Faire fashion in this. So whenever anyone's not in their armor, they're always dressed like they're on their way to a Ren Faire. You've got a lot of, of, like, stripy leather pants and... and Jawed and 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 open low uh, zipped bla- or or uh, low tied blouses. Yeah, just a lot of that. A lot of puffy shirts. Yeah, when you when you first see the like denizens of the like main kingdom that we go to first, and you're like, oh, the the princess and the king and whatever, they're all dressed like standard. Like, Renfair fantasy folk, mm-hmm. but they are surrounded by guards that look like they should have laser guns, mm-hmm. but all of them have regular melee weapons, and there's no reason that they look like that? Because we also abandon it immediately after the first bit of this movie. Yes, yes. As soon as our hero begins to go on his hero's journey, we're like, oh, we'll never see that armor again. No, oh, yeah. Not only you never see that armor again, you'll never see, like, a fucking building again. No. We're done with that. We're, we, we've spent our building budget, and now it's all shots of woods. Maybe we spent building budget, and now it is all our various different little scenes we built inside some place. Yeah, some warehouse. So if you want a swamp or a woods or a mountain and all of it is very clearly some soundstage, (laughs) then you're in luck. It's a lot of patchy terrain, basically. They don't have the money to completely fill the room with swamp plants, so instead they'll walk by past the one swamp plant that they had. (laughs) You know, the one they've got. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, it opens on uh, an ancient pronouncement uh, of of, uh, portents to come being delivered by the film's requisite Obi-Wan Kenobi character, a guy by the name of Ineer. Yeah. And he's talking about how a queen, a new queen with an old name shall rise. Yeah. He's got two things. He's like, I've got one prophecy that I know, which is that the beast is going to show up with his slayers and he's going to fuck our shit up. Yes. Now, what I don't know is whether or not the other prophecy I have will actually come true, which is the Queen with an ancient name will choose a king and their son will rule the galaxy. Yeah. See, what you have here is basically some science high fantasy stuff where, yeah, it it feels funny that they're wearing the high tech armor and so on, like these people on this planet. But the only species they talk about of intelligent life that also lives on a planet with them is an alien that settled here a long time ago, which is weird. I mean, I think it's neat. It's basically telling us that, that, again, it's kind of similar to Dune in that. Yeah, there was a period of of galactic expansion and a lot of settlement a long time ago, and then the technology went somewhere. Some people still have spaceships and they fly around conquering shit, I guess but not us. We've settled into living around and riding on horses and saying sire and stuff. <laughs> we got real into the LARP. Yeah, you know, that happens on Star Trek planets all the time. You land there and like, we're gangsters now. We yeah, decided see? we like this. <laughs> this is our whole deal. <laughs> on this planet, it's the 1940s, see? Yeah. Oh, uh, And we get the main kingdom has our uh main love interest princess lissa Mm -hmm. and she is going to marry the son of the opposing kingdoms uh king so that they can form an alliance because they're like look the slayers are gonna beat the shit out of us unless we do something yeah and even then her dad's like uh trying to get together with this other guy that guy sucks i don't want to i mean I would be fine with you marrying a prince from any royal house except this dumbass's Turgo or whatever. No boo. Boo Turgo. And she's like, yeah, but I you know, I've seen his son, so I'm into this. <laughs> that dude's got that dude's got some uh, he's got it going on. And indeed <laughs> that dude, Colwyn, mm-hmm. is our main hero. He shows up and he is just Full swagger, man. Yes, very much so. We have like one little... This movie's got to get uh, to the boring wandering the wilderness as quickly as possible. So this initial sequence would leave you with the impression that this might actually be kind of a movie with a pulse that goes places. Huh? So you're like they get like two seconds for these two characters to flirt with each other where she's like trying to coyly walk away from him and then he sneaks up around on her and she's like, ooh, I think I've chosen well for you are a mighty warrior and then he like checks her out, really like, like looks her He's up like, and down. like, ooh, I, I picked well too. Because you've got uh, boobies. <laughs> it's weird to me because I wasn't sure if they were trying to imply that these two had met before. I think they have. Because they were like, oh, I, I picked well now that I, you know, see you is th- what I was getting from that. I was like, huh have you never met before is that what this is maybe maybe this is like a, a thing where, where she was like i'm gonna marry him because i i, I believe he's a good warrior and, and we a good need an man. alliance and we need the alliance and even her dad's like we don't need to marry him there are other ways to form alliances with this nation you don't need to do this we're, we're not old-fashioned and she's like i've chosen it the only way that it will stick is if we get married mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and if i immediately have a baby that'll make the marriage stick That'll do it. Mm -hmm. Then he can't leave me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. They're into each other. And we jump right to their goofy fantasy wedding. Again, because the start of this movie is like, hey, we're keeping the pace. We're going. This is a click, click, click. We got to get through this movie. But the movie's a little over two hours long. And most of it is wandering around in the wilderness. Yeah. (laughs) There is is definitely a love that this movie manages to have for being like, ah, we're we're traveling to this locale. And you're like, yeah, but none of that is particularly interesting. Yeah, yeah. But in the beginning, we get some cool lines. Like, the dad's like, she's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to marrying Colwyn. He's a mighty warrior. And he's like, a mighty warrior doesn't always make for a great husband. Yeah, good warriors, bad husbands. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when she tells Colwyn this, he's like, Oh, is it because I won't do whatever you say because I have my own thinking brain? (laughs) Like, no, it's because you're very clearly full of yourself. Look at you. Besides, the only thing I've ever told you to do is go down on me. (laughs) And I won't. Kings don't do that. I will not let the sun go down on me. (laughs) Go down on her, Colwyn. God, God damn. No, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. I know. Don't become the DJ Khaled of Krull. (laughs) Oh, DJ (laughs) Krulled. Disney, don't put DJ Khaled in the new Krull Uh, when you buy Krull from whoever owns it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they spend no time until they're getting married. They're like, yep, we got here fucked up because the king at that kingdom that Lissa has Mm -hmm. was like, oh, his king's like, oh, we sent like 20 dudes to go escort you. And the other king shows up and is like, I lost three hundred men getting here. Yeah. He's like, I sent 20. Yeah, that's great. The two what of a them, dickhole. Yeah, they're not friends. <laughs> no, these, and these, they shouldn't be. Yeah, these kingdoms did not get along previously, but unfortunately, the beast hath arrived, and he has brought his mini slayers, <laughs> and every time they do anything, they make a horrible screaming noise, and it's really annoying, so they have to team up. Yeah. Now, the wedding that they have has a fun little fantasy thing mm-hmm. where it's like, ooh, I, the as a husband put my fire into the flame only water or or, put my fire into the water only to be received by the one I choose to be my wife. Yeah. They have a fun fantasy wedding. If I had known that the fun fantasy wedding was going to become the deus ex machina of the movie, I would have been more, I mean, I've seen this before and I'd forgotten that largely because the glaive is such a neat idea that when you're a kid, you're like, fuck yes, the glaive, fuck yes. And you forget that he only uses it once. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, then she's like, ah, and then I take fire from water only to give it to the man I choose to be my husband. Yeah. And she manages to, like, put her hand into a pool of water and then go, and I've got fire. Which is neat because he put a torch in some water. He didn't, like, have fire in his hand. But she, like, reaches into water with her hand and pulls out fire. And you're like, fuck yes, this movie's got magic in it. Hell Hell yeah. That's rad. But before she can hand him some fire... Uh, she's got like hilarious 1983 grade digital fire, digital fire, in her, digital in, fire in, in, her, in her hand, which looks exactly like the whiskeys from the Caravan of Courage movie. <laughs> um, Right before they, she gets the chance to hand him fire and thus seal their union, seal the deal, the Gartham come bursting <laughs> through the wall. I'm sorry, the Slayers <laughs> kick down the door. Yeah, they blow up the giant main door to this castle uh-huh. and they start laser blasting everyone until they get into melee range and then it's time to use their electro swords. <laughs> Which leads, th- this is the point where are like, oh god, what kind of movie is this? Because when Colwyn gets into the fight and he's always got like one sword and one dagger and he looks super cool but he's doing a lot of like sub Errol Flynn swashbuckling yes. where he's like jumping onto horse troughs and swinging around big pillars and stuff and going, ha ha! Yeah, this fight especially When he's like, "Ooh, I've got to take a rope and then leap and kick a guy," and I'm like, "My man, you didn't need to just stab dudes. He was already next to you, and you ran away, got a rope on top of a thing, and then kicked him swinging." And I'm like, "You could have just stabbed him. Yeah, at any time, because these guys are like clankety clank soldier dudes who have no like coordination or speed or anything. You could just kill them." The interesting thing I want to say about the Slayers is they are. Nasty little sci-fi guys because the second you kill one of them, they have a weird electric thing happens in their body, Mm -hmm. they scream, and then some kind of nasty bug nonsense goop monster comes out of their broken helmet and immediately burrows into the ground. Yeah, we don't know what's going on with that, but they all go burrowing into the earth when they die. I really thought there was going to be any amount of payoff to that, and there was not. No, I'm pretty sure they just figured out how to do that effect, probably by reversing a shot so it makes it look like they burrow, Yeah. when actually they're just pulling a goop out on a string or something like that. And they're like, that looks fucking rad. Let's just put it in the movie. And they're not wrong. It does look neat. There are (laughs) some very bad... Next to some very decent effects in this. Yes. It's a neat mishmash. It is one of the reasons that this is amazing. Well, it's just fun because I was just reading an article today. I forget what website I was on, but there was an article about how 1983 is one of the weirdest years for movies. Uh Uh-huh. Because there's so many extremely bad sequels that came out that year. Huh. Like, uh, I don't know. I forget which Jaws came out that year, but it's one of the really bad ones. one of the Jawses? Yeah, one of the bad Jawses. You've got Porky's 2. Uh, a, a few of the other movies, it's just a terrible year for sequels, um, but also a great year for movies in general. Uh, and I think they the, the article didn't mention this one at all, because it probably would have broken their like, it's the sequel's fault. Uh, well, I mean, 83, we get uh, Return of the Jedi. Which they, they mentioned right away, they're like, look, the year got kicked off by Return of the Jedi being the first one, and it's... People think it thought at the time it was the worst of the Star Wars movies, but now it's one of the better Star Wars movies. And it's I don't want to talk about it because it'll mess up my thesis statement. But also you got, you know, Sleepaway Camp and Cujo and Christine. So you got a bunch of neat horror film yeah, things. A lot of Stephen King that year. huh? Yeah. Yeah. But also I, I, the other one. But was then the also Superman. Psycho 2. Psycho 2 and Superman 3, I think, were the other Amityville, the demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Superman 3 is the fucking Richard Pryor one. Yeah. Which, you know, I love Richard Pryor, but he does not belong in a Superman movie doing a patent impression. (laughs) But you also got risky business, so what are you going to (laughs) do? So in the end, who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say whether or not 1983 was bad? It was terrible for special effects, though, most of the time. Most of the time. So anyway, there's a big battle. They managed to repel the invaders almost until they rally and managed to kill both of these kings and steal the princess and drag her off to the evil beast's castle. Yeah, Colwyn so they- gets shot in the shoulder mm-hmm. and cannot save Lissa as she gets dragged away. Yes, so they lose. And the only survivor of this castle is Colwyn himself. He wakes up the next day as as uh, Goop is being dabbed on his wound by his new mentor figure, Ineer, an old man. Yeah, which... He refers to him as like, "Oh, you're the old man like he is known. Mm-hmm. This is the old man. <laughs> he's the Gandalf. He's, yeah, he's like, "Oh, you live up somewhere and you finally decided to come down from your mountain." Yes, but and he knows everything about everything. He knows all the ancient histories and secrets and so on. So he's he's a Gandalf, but he's also like maybe 55 or 60. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a Gandalf. He's a Maiar or whatever, and he's he's technically ageless. He just looks like an old dude. <laughs> maybe yeah uh i mean the problem i have is when he goes and sees you know his ex later on i'm like are both of you just regular old or fantasy old like hundreds of years old are you just like we're 65 (laughs) (laughs) it'd be great if the whole thing she has an ancient name (laughs) of 60 years ago (laughs) i mean if you think about it certain names from 60 years ago do kind of sound ancient you never see anyone named madge anymore. No one's Edith. Yeah, you don't see any roses running around. Some names get old. Bernard. There are two different Bernards in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. So, so uh. yeah. Um. So he is basically just there to be like, "Look, you're gonna have to go on a cool quest now." And of course, our our hero is not ready to go on a quest. He wants to reject the quest. Indeed. And, and so he's like, "No, leave me. You may. You don't know what I've suffered." And he's like, "I've suffered quite a bit. You little you old princeling piece you've never lost a bride and a father in the same night oh <laughs> oh woe is me ah but i've never been made king yesterday you piece of shit now stand up and work you may have my kingship i renounce you myself of it good day for all the good it will do you you can have it and he's like all right well i uh, came to find a king and i found a little bitch so i'm out i'm leaving he's like wait don't leave me i don't want to live in a castle full of dead guys yeah, eventually he's like, "Hey, man, you got to come with me. Uh, there's a way we can save Lissa. And he's like, "Oh, that was the magic words. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with this person I just met last night." Yeah. So, Lissa! <laughs> so this is the one big maudlin high school like play sequence in the movie. Because after this, this dude's fine again. Oh yeah, yeah, he gets shown the little glaive medallion thing mm-hmm. that his dad had, and he was like, hey, fuck you, what's what's going on? And then he sees that, and he's like, oh, oh my father, oh. And then immediately afterwards is like, anyway, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> back to being a charming rogue. Now to get back to it. Yeah, and uh, and so he joins this, this in-ear guy on his noble quest where immediately, like I said, there's a lot of dark crystal in this too because he's just like, I know a place where the glaive still lies. The glaive is a myth, a legend. It's merely a symbol, not a weapon at all. It is a weapon and I know where it is. And it's powerful. It's, well then, let's go get it. How is a symbol powerful? It's a weapon, you dumbass. Also, you're going to need to scramble up some hills to get it. Also, we're going to need to watch you scramble up some rocks for about two more minutes than is necessary. <laughs> You're going to be like, all right, I get it. He's scrambling up rocks. And then he'll scramble up rocks for a little while longer. Yeah, they definitely paid some stunt double to scramble up the side of some cliff sides. Uh And they were like, well, we already paid for it. We're using the footage. And after a long time of watching him dodge falling rocks and scrabble up a hill until he manages to get to this cave, they've got... I I like this because they don't explain shit. So he comes up to the cave and there's just like a big pool of red fantasy goop. Yeah, And you can see the glaive in it, like the shape. You know, if you've seen Crawler, or heard of Crawler, you're probably familiar with this thing. It's a five-pointed, slightly curved throwing star the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. And, you know, when he gets up there, he's like, oh, it looks kind of like lava. It's pouring over. There's heat and steam and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he just sees it in this red pool. And he's like, well, I got to stick my hand in that. And you're like, my man not even gonna like dip a toe in you're just gonna straight jam your hand into whatever this is you can tell it's not lava because you can see the glaive in there Yes, and lava is not even partially translucent it's made of rock and extremely dense he's seeing some like like red tinted you can't do that on television grade slime oh it looks like the pink shit from ghostbusters 2 yes that is exactly what i was thinking it looked like (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everything you're doing is wrong. I want you to know. (laughs) So he sticks his hands into the magic gooey goop and manages to pull up the glaive, but it's covered with what looks like chocolate cake that's been molded onto it. And then that stuff flakes away and behold the glaive, a big golden curvy glaive and it immediately has blades shoot out from the points. Yes, turning it into an even bigger ninja star. So when you first see it, you're like, when you're a little kid like me and you watch this movie, you're like, well, that's what a glaive is. Great, thank you. From now on, I am aware of what a glaive is. And then you get a D&D book and it's like, no, it's a boring polearm. And you're like, ah, oh man. <laughs> I wanted to have a glaive and then you told me what a glaive was. I am gar- guarantee you that there are several listeners right now who went through that same experience of being the age I am or thereabouts. And like... Trying to tell their new DM that they wanted a glaive because they had seen crawl And they're like, all right, here you go. It's just a fucking sword on a stick. It sucks. It's a big axe. Oh, well, I don't want this. Well, did you mean glaive geese arm? Sure. That's got a little hook or a point or something on the end of it. It's different. You're like, no, I want that five-pointed throwing star buzzsaw thing from crawl. Oh, you want a weird fucked up weapon that doesn't exist. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Well, so he gets it. It's, yeah. it's pretty anticlimactic. He just gets it. <laughs> just Especially because once he gets down with the mountain, he's like, Behold, old man, I have found the glaive. Great, put it away and don't take it away until about forty minutes after I'm dead. I love that he's like, Ooh, fuck yeah, I got a glaive. And Enir is just like, yeah, but don't use it. And he's like, Why? What do we do this for? He's like, No, you'll you gotta wait to use the glaive. And you'll know when. And the point when he knows when is not what I was assuming it was going to be. Let's just say that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Put that shit away. Hey. Well, isn't it at least a powerful symbol? Can't I use it to rally troops to our cause or something? No. No, you should probably forget this exists for the next hour. Yeah. So he gets that, and then he's like, all right, well, I got a glaive in the two of us. That's not really going to do much. I need an army. And Ineer's like, yeah, we'll find one. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We'll just pick up some fellas along the way. That's the way these fantasy quests always go. It's fine. We'll just wander around until we meet some guys, and we'll then just, you can get some guys. Just go find, go out in the woods. You'll find some dudes with charged crystals who, for, who are ready for justice, <laughs> and you can get them on your side. Yeah. And they do. They they go to a fantasy lake somewhere and they're like a little pond and they're just sitting, getting ready to sit down and camp for the night when a fireball comes streaking in through across the forest and they have to like duck to not get hit by the fireball. And then the fireball turns into the teacher from the beginning of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yep. Which took me at least two minutes to remember. I was like, why do I know this guy? And then I went, oh, yeah, he's the teacher from Willy Wonka. Okay, there we are. I'm not sure he is, but the moment I saw his face, I was like, fuck, that's the teacher from Willy Wonka. I mean, he is. Yes, all right. <laughs> and it it was one of those things where I was like, man, why does this guy seem weird? Oh, that's why. <laughs> the The problem I also have is he plays Ergo, a shitty wizard, mm-hmm. but also... He has the same sort of personality as he did as the teacher from Willy Wonka. Yeah, kind of smarmy and mean. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of a dick. Yeah and uh amazing like i don't even remember his lines as the teacher in Willy walk i just remember they give him business for like no good reason where he has a whole bit about how they rearranged it so the test happens before you study for it yes that's and that's all but i remember it being a great bit where you're like why the fuck did we even do any of this this has nothing to do with the movie it wasn't in the book what are we doing but it's just because they had that guy all right so you opened up 200 bars of chocolate no i opened two Well, i two. can't divide by that <laughs> two <laughs> yeah so that guy is ergo ergo the magnificent short in stature tall in power narrow of purpose and wide of vision yes he has a big line he has to announce himself he says that a couple of times i think it's interesting that we don't we again one of the things i like about this movie they don't explain shit he shows up as a flying red fireball and crashes into a lake and it's like help i'm drowning i am i'm drowning in the lake and they're like that likes a foot tall. It could have been quicksand. You don't know. And then he's just like, "Hey, eh, well, looks like someone had a problem with me trying to steal their gooseberry pie. Why would you put it on a ledge then? Like, I don't know. We probably wanted to eat it. Well, he's a dumbass then. Fuck him. I'm going <laughs> to turn you into a goose. I'm going to turn you into a bat for saying that. What is wrong with this? Guy? Also, how come he can turn into a fireball, but never does again? Yeah, don't worry about it. Maybe someone else turned him into a fireball as punishment. We don't know. Yeah, i I was like, oh, did you get shot here because the guy you were trying to steal a gooseberry pie from was also a wizard mm-hmm. and a better wizard than yeah, you? Just to some better wizard, some better wizard was can like, we just lead us Out. back to that wizard. We probably need a wizard for the quest. <laughs> and you know, he threatens to turn him into a bat can't find his notes for turn someone into bat, finds goose, and he's like, ooh, I'll turn you into a goose. And then we get the running gag for Ergo's magic throughout all of this, which is that all of his magic is to transform people into animals, but it only ever does it to himself. Yeah, he can only turn himself into animals, and it sucks for him. Yeah. Until he realizes that that's how his magic works and uses it for heroic purpose towards the very end of the movie. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he realizes, oh, turning myself into an animal that's cool is good. Yes. <laughs> Instead of, you know, constantly being like, oops, I turned myself into a duck. I can actually do something useful. Yeah, I just like the bit where he turns himself he, he uh, turns himself into a swan and is hissing and so on at the two of them. And in years passes by Colwyn and is like, yeah, I don't have to worry about this guy. He's hill people. They're actually completely useless. And they cannot, they, they lack the capacity to harm anyone. Huh? And he's like, hey, I heard that. <laughs> and he tries to fuck off. And then he runs across a Cyclops, mm-hmm. and the Cyclops in this is great. Is great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he's great. Let's just say he rules and is not good. <laughs> it's not a good special effect. He is indicative of everything in this movie is this cyclops <laughs> but he's cool because he's a great sci-fi slash fantasy storyline because eventually we get the story behind the cyclo the cyclopes of this uh, of this world which is that uh they're aliens they're from another planet much like the beast is they uh, used to have two eyes and they used to have two eyes and be men mo- much like us but bigger uh but they made a deal with the beast in an attempt to stop him from conquering their home world uh, in which they would trade their eyes for the ability to see the future, but they were betrayed. You see, because but all of them were deceived. Mm-hmm. For Just, there was another ring made. <laughs> he gave them the power to see the future, but limited. They can only see the day of their own death. Yeah, all they can see is how they're going to die. So they're born. Not not how. When they know the day they will die, and that's all. So uh, so it it sucks for them. They spend their whole lives being morose because they have their. They know when their time card gets punched. And that takes all the fun out of everything. Personally, I feel like the opposite. I feel like if I knew that, I'd be like one of those complete daredevils. I'm like, did I die today? Great. Well, then let's see what I can do. Oh, get myself in traction for several years? Damn. <laughs> I fucked up. I guess. It won't kill me, though. Well, I'll wish I was dead, but I won't be. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, we see him. He, he throws a spear and kills a slayer. Um, the basically stormtroopers of this movie. I mean, that's later, but that's later. He sees the Cyclops and gets scared and goes with them. Does. So that is how Ergo joins. Yes. Uh, then they fuck around. They are going through some mountains and they get waylaid by bandits. Mm -hmm. And what, you know what? Just enough bandits to make a good group of men. Uh huh. There's ten bandits out here, including the two most famous people in the movie, (laughs) who are just side bandits. You barely see them because they're not that famous yet. Nope. You got you got as Kurgan, or I think it's Kurgan or Kriegan or something like that. You've got Liam Neeson, and you would not know he's only in background shots for most of the movie. I mean, he gets a scene. I would say he's probably of all of the non-main. But Be- uh, not like Torquil. bandit guys, not Torquil. Yeah, he is probably the one with the most business. I mean, he has a sequence about how he's married to a different woman in every city. Yeah, he's got that. Bit- he's the one who's like who notices that Torquil's rocks aren't emeralds. Like yeah. he's got he's the go-to. I need to bounce a joke off of a guy. Yes, yeah, so you got Liam Neeson in here. And then also in a, in a uh, he's famous and dead now, but for but but you know him, Robbie Coltrane, Rubius Hagrid himself in a movie where he's much much younger. Yep, good old and Robbie he, Coltrane. And he's probably the person in this movie who looks the most like he heard, he got the memo that this was going to be a sci fi movie. Uh. Like he's got like I work in a steel mill mustache and a buzz haircut where you're like this guy. Oh, he's wearing like. Like, orange suspenders, so he looks like he does some kind of high-danger high, uh, high uh, danger job in a factory or something. So you're like, oh, okay, that's a that's a sci-fi man. They have one sci-fi man for fun. Yeah, everyone else looks like your standard fantasy bandits. Yeah. And then Robbie's over here like, hey, I just got off from the factory. Yeah. And you're like, huh, weird. I just weird finished choice. one of my tough shifts on the oil rig I work on. That's, that's a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but there he is. All of these are escaped convicts mm-hmm. and they are following torque yes and torque probably was the most famous person in the movie at the time maybe uh with well, alan armstrong i don't know a thing about him but uh but yeah he is like the most disbelieving as Corwin's like, or Colwyn's like, yeah, I came here to kill all of you. What's up? Or you can serve in my, serve in my army. Ha ha. I'm very confident. And they're like, you'd better be. We outnumber you by quite a amount. Not by enough. Yep. Not enough. I'm very good at what I do. hmm. And, you know, they have a little back and forth. And, and he's like, come on, you should help me fight against the beast and the slayers. Because, you know, our entire world is in jeopardy. So even if you don't care for me particularly, you should fight against them or else you'll just end up being slaves of the beast. Plus, I can un- I-, I can take all those manacles off you if you want. He's like, you can't do that. Only the king and his lord marshal have the key to my manacles. And, you know, he has the key because he's the king. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. And I know who the lord marshal is. So, fuck. God damn it. I guess you are a king. Uh-huh. Well, I guess we're following this guy. And there's like a kid <laughs> one, like the youngest one of the group is like, I'm going to follow him because I believe in the cause. And then everyone else joins up as well. Yeah. And, you know, he tries to be like. Oh, you men should follow me. And Torquil's just like, Oh, these don't these men only follow one person, and that's me. And I don't follow anyone. Anyway. Not even myself. Anyway, I'll go with you, no problem. <laughs> uh, most loyal man on your squad, Torquil, at your service. I'm gonna very early on be like, ooh, I'm my own man and I don't follow anyone, but then the second I decide to follow you, I am on the board yeah well now he's got an army as Coleman points out that men like these are worth 10 men each yeah why these nine of you are worth an army just by yourself because clearly underfed convicts living in the mountains are the best of fighters they are or at least he's just blowing smoke up their ass because he's not going to get a better army yeah considering they wander all over this planet and see no one yeah. ever Because here we begin. I mean, we've already done a couple of little pointless fetch quests with the glaive and so on, but now it's time for like a lot of them. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta go, go find see the, the seer. The emerald seer. Yeah. And he lives in some fucking cave. On the other end of some fucking swamp. No, that's it after we get yeah. him. So first we gotta go to some fucking cave in the woods. And, you, and you know, the, the cyclops only ones that go in there are Colwyn, Torquil, and uh, Ergo and Anir. Yes. Ergo Be- doesn't want to stay behind with bandits, so he goes along for, for yeah. fun. And we get one of the side things in here, because obviously Colwyn and Anir are all about the quest, so they go talk to the Seer. Mm-hmm. Torquil, we've just been introduced to as a bandit, is like, ooh, there's all sorts of fucking emeralds and shit in this cave. This is great. And Ergo just befriends the Seer's young boy, mm-hmm. who is like, oh... He's the kid that takes care of this old wizard. Yeah, he's the uh, the, the, the assistant pig keeper to this Woods dolbin. So Titch, the yeah. young kid, mm-hmm. Ergo's just like, hey, man, I'm Ergo. I'm short of stature, blah, blah, blah. And give me candy. And the kid's like, hey, that's a really cool name. And he's like, I know you got to have a cool name when you look like me. Yeah. And he's like, who are you? I'm Titch. That like name's not very good, but it's all right. <laughs> it's fine, buddy. Give me candy, though. All kids have candy. And he's like, Yeah, I have a cinnamon bar. Well then fucking share your cinnamon bar. <laughs> Come on, share and share alike. I just love that he's just like, give me that candy. All kids have candy. <laughs> I know you got candy on you, kid. Yeah. I almost didn't believe this guy was the teacher from the Willy Wonka movies just because it's twelve years later. Huh? Like that movie was in nineteen seventy one and this is eighty three. Huh. But but yeah. Um anyway. This, this seer is like an eyeless old man. He's very blind. He does know Inir though. He's an old friend of Inir's because Inir's old and knows everyone. Yep, that's his only real purpose on this whole thing. Everyone else is like, oh, I've got some sort of fighting I've got to do, or maybe I've got some magic or something, or I'm a cyclops. And Inir is just like, I'm old. I know people. I can tell you where stuff is. I've been around. I've, I'm here or there. So basically, they entreat the blind seer, the emerald seer, to tell them where the beast's castle will be tomorrow, because it moves around, apparently. Yeah, we find out that the beast's uh, magic castle is... Sci-fi castle. my <laughs> Magic sci-fi castle. It teleports around the planet mm-hmm. at sunup every day. It will appear somewhere on planet, and then sun up the next day it will disappear and reappear somewhere else yes so he's they're they're trying to get him to predict where it will do so and he's like well they're gonna fight that there's that the, he the beast starts to have magic. a vision he like gets an emerald and it starts spinning around and he's like oh uh, it's going to and then the beast gets wind of this and he is just also magic yes he's just all the things so he shuts this down yeah and the seer's like sorry i can't do it here But if I was in the Temple of Emerald Power, no one could resist me. You have to take me to a different room full of emeralds. I got to go some other emerald place, which... Why aren't you already there, you little douche? We never get to see this, by the way. We'll never make it to the Emerald Temple. No, no, we don't do that. But instead, they're just like, well... Can we take you to the Emerald Temple? Our need is very great. And he's like, yeah, sure. I don't mind being dragged across the continent. I'm a let's blind br- old man. Sure, do L- it. Let's bring my boy, too. Hell yeah. Let's get this boy along. <laughs> so they all, they, uh, while uh, all this is happening, Torquil is prying emeralds up off the rocks. But when he gets out, he shows them to Liam Neeson and Hagrid. And they're like, these are just rocks and we cut to the old seer smiling cuz he's like ha, ha 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 i fucked with him <laughs> it looked like there were emeralds and they aren't cuz i'm magic and i'm in a magic cave you piece of shit it's fantasy the, it's world it's a good kind of fantasy world where they don't explain any of it and the magic users are all really weird and <laughs> shitty it's very heavy metal i mean speaking of throughout this and for the rest of this movie i know we will occasionally come back to Lissa, who is in the uh, castle of the beast, which is very bioorganic. Th- lissa will spend every time we come back to her running through a heavy metal album cover. Yes, and a different one every time. A lot of giger stuff going on in this uh, th- this castle. It's a lot of flesh walls, and and there's uh, a lot of like, teeth. oh, I run out on a rampart, but the rampart is a giant clawed hand yeah. type of stuff. And it starts closing and I run away from that. And then I see a big eye and it's got fangs sticking out of one side of it. It's all fucked up. And the whole time she's having like a telepathic conversation with the beast himself. Who's just like, marry me. Yeah, I've apparently also heard of the prophecy that whoever you marry and have a kid with will rule the galaxy. And I want that to be my kid. Marry him or marry me. (laughs) I'm the one that's the beast, baby. Can't you see? Now, one, two. (laughs) I will give you the galaxy. His father will disown you. (laughs) They'll eat his hat now. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, she keeps talking with the Beast. The Beast in one scene shows up as Colwyn. Oh, yeah. Just to kind of mess with her even more. He's like, I can take any appearance. Yeah, I I may look like a disgusting monster thing, but Mm. I can look however I want to. Or or however you want to. Check out my situation. Look at all of my subtleties. But there is no love in that form. Mm. You have no love in you, the beast. Mm. And I must only love the love that I love. (laughs) For I love hard and love. Lovey love love. Lovers of loving love. My entire role in this movie is very little, and it's mostly... That I'm in love with the guy. Yeah, I mean, she is, from the beginning of the movie, you get the idea that she's kind of a competent, powerful character, because she's behind the whole, let's organize the two kingdoms. Oh, yeah, she's like, oh, I need to make sure that this alliance happens, Mm -hmm. this is the only way we can fight against this oppressive force, she kind of, like, has a little, like, back and forth with Colwyn, and it seems like, oh, they both have, you know, their own personalities and they might clash but that's fine because they can get along but then as soon as she gets taken she's just like no colwyn will save me for i love him and love is he loves <laughs> like, but, all right i mean I, you know I, i'll give her credit she she's captured early on and yes technically she's a damsel in distress throughout the film but she resists the various talk from the beast so much and so often that eventually he just gets sick of it and puts her in a little bio prison yeah so so that she's stuck in a little jail for the rest of the like, He's like, you know what? Fuck this. Get in this you, jail. You've already run through four different heavy metal album sets. Yeah. So I'm going to stick you in one room so we have to quit building these. Yeah. So so she has that going for her and that's nice. Yeah. Also, just interesting as a little side note, uh the person who plays Lissa in this, not the voice of Lissa. Yeah. They completely redub her. They dub her. Someone t- else. Weird choice. Yep. It's like she didn't do things. She was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. And she played, uh, she did a a set of episodes on Dark Shadows, the TV series. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, the 1991 version, not the uh, the really old one. Yeah. Yeah. The good one. Yeah. It's a good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the only one that I watched. (laughs) So it's the good one. (laughs) Maybe that's all of it. I don't remember if that Dark Shadows series had legs or not. I don't know. I like that fucking series, though. I mean, granted, I was like nine when it came out, but still. She played Angelique. Anyway. All right. So, yes, they head out to the swamp to go to the Emerald Temple, but oh no, they start losing guys left and right, because first they lose... A quicksand that gets the first guy. They lose the first guy to quicksand. The quicksand in this movie is hilariously bad. It's very clearly just a bunch of of, uh, loose like wood chips that they've thrown over a pool. It's it is great. They're like, oh, we've got some wood pulp and we threw it into water. Yeah. And that's our quicksand. Yeah. Uh, and the dude who dies does not have the gravitas of an Artax. Let me tell you, when it comes to swing sinking and dying in swamps, it's more like he just isn't trying than like he's given up and facing the true despair of the nothing. No, and also his name is Nanog. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey Nanog, don't let go. <laughs> ah, my name's Nanog. Bye. Ah, screw this. I didn't want to be in this movie. Uh, we get the oh, we also get the Cyclops joined in because he spears some slayer guy and then joins up yeah they have a scene where he uh he throws the spear we'd already had a scene where he throws the spear to kill a slayer to save ergo who's like what the fuck just happened a monster almost killed me and they're like no cyclops is hate slayers he was actually saving your life because here's the backstory and we get yeah, their whole we get thing the, we already did that but the second time he shows up and does it like hey why don't you just be friends with us how come you never talk why don't you just and, join us yeah and he's like my name is rel Well, my name, and he does the whole routine, and he's like, I know your name already. I've been following you for several days. (laughs) What?! Well, what an insult to to, to interrupt oh, yeah, well, me when I'm saying my name. He's like, "Oh, I'm Orgo, yes, the magnificent." Oh, you don't have to be sarcastic about it. He's like, "Well, that's actually what you call yourself, though. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm going to turn you into something. Why? I just, I'm just, I'm nice. I'm going to join your group. I'm, I'm the coolest guy you've got here. I'm yeah. a huge dude. I'm like nine feet tall, and I'm a cool cyclops, and I've got an extremely bad facial prosthetic. <laughs> Ooh, baby, it's bad. It's got to be." Oh, real pain in the ass to film this if you're Bernard Breslau, the guy who plays the Cyclops, because you know you couldn't see anything out of that. Yeah. That's wild, by the way, because that dude was like a British comedic actor who's in a bunch of TV shows and shit, where he played like mostly like a goofy military guy. And here he is playing like this dead serious Cyclops who has like three lines. Well, yeah, it was the tallest British man they could find. Ah, I guess David Prowse was too famous (laughs) and important at that point. They were like, all right, well, this guy's six foot seven, so let's get him in here. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) <laughs> uh, can we get peter mayhew can we can we afford peter no no, no one's got fucking. God, no this is past star wars we don't have mayhew money i wonder what mayhew money was right around that plus it came out the same year as return of the jedi he was busy <laughs> they are like hey man you want to not be in star wars to be in our shit movie no i'm good uh, uh, no that <laughs> I <hate talking>. yarp <laughs> <laughs> okay they are in a swamp The seer gets killed by a shapeshifter that turns into the seer. Mm Mm-hmm. Doppelgangers, one of the many foes of the film. The beast has many weapons in his arsenal, including changelings. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the changeling kills the seer, is about to kill Colwyn, and then he gets stabbed in the back because the Cyclops found the body of the actual seer. Uh Uh-huh. And... (sighs) They then fuck off because they're like, all right, shit, the seer's dead. There's no reason to keep going to the Emerald Temple. What the fuck are we going to do now? (laughs) And then Nenear's like, well, I I might know someone. I I know. We could go ask the Widow of the Web. And the Widow of the Web is well known enough that Torkoal's like, no, if you go see her, you'll just die. She'll just murder you. And he's like, hmm, maybe not me. For I know her true name. You're like, <laughs> all right. Also, we used to date. <laughs> also, I used to bang the <laughs> widow of the web. Hmm. Yes, uh, which is weird because she's the widow of the web. And yet here I am alive. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's no fine. Worry, it's it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. But sure enough, they're like, oh, well, no one wants to go find this lady because she's like an evil spider witch. But she's the closest available option who might be able to tell ma- do some magic and tell them where to find this stupid tower. Yeah. I mean, as far as near is concerned, I assume it's... Look, I know like three magic guys, and yeah. two of them are dead now. Yeah. So we got what we got. I mean, we could ask Ergo. He's a wizard. <laughs> hey, Ergo, you got opinions on things? Oh, I want candy. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Ergo. Great, great, uh, great contribution, pal. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a dog. Which he does at one point after they have a discussion where they're all walking along together. It's it's a nice bit of character building, I guess. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, this movie's kind of boring in this middle part, but uh, there's a part where they're talking about what they do if they got wishes. Yeah. Ergo is his Look. whole deal is befriending Titch. Yeah. So he's just walking along with Titch, and he's like, you know, if I had a wish, I'd wish for a gooseberry pie the size of a mountain. Ah, no, I shouldn't be selfish. Just the size of a house will do. Mm hmm. And then Titch is like, I would wish for a puppy. That's a stupid wish. Why wouldn't you wish for a hundred puppies? you got a wish. You can wish for anything. Get as many puppies as you want. He's like, I just want one puppy. I don't need a lot of puppies. What's... What? A waste of a wish. Useless. What would you wish for, Rel? The Cyclops. He just goes, ignorance. Which is an amazing line. <laughs> love it. I fucking love this movie, and it's so bad. <laughs> he just doesn't want to know the day he'll die anymore. I know. It's great. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're traipsing along and they eventually come to the web. This in-ear the must-do alone, however, for uh, this lady is less likely to kill anyone if, if it's just one ex-boyfriend who shows up. Yeah. Ooh, if, if two of us were to go, she would murder us for sure. But if one of us goes, then maybe it'll work. And I'm like, all right, sure, why not? And her set's kind of cool. She lives in a, a spider egg in the middle of a big, nasty spider web, which you've, if you've seen movies with big, nasty spiders, you're already aware of this web. It's like a bunch of ropes, like a rope course, and then they put a bunch of cobweb shit over it to make it look all creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing in Caravan of Courage. It's fine. Yeah. You got you got a fantasy movie where someone's in a big spider web. It looks like this. You know how to do these things, but the, but the, the egg orb thing in the middle that she lives in is a cool new addition. It's neat. Yeah. And she is just like... She's kind of a bummer, I'm going to be honest. I mean, here's the thing. She's as much a prisoner of this as she is a witch. Yes. Because she's like, oh no, I am I basically have like a mythology level punishment. Because mm-hmm. we there is a giant spider that is in this spider web. Yeah. And inir uh, manages to like make it across. He gets to... Only with her help. She the gives- widow. She has a big like sand hourglass thing that you can turn over. And as long as it is turned over, the spider stops. Yeah, the spider holds still, which helps him manage to make it across to her. The reason I think she's a she's a, a bit of a bummer is because her whole deal is just being like, oh, I used to be beautiful. Now I'm old and withered and ugly. And I hate that I'm ugly. And you're like, oh man, age gracefully. I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I was like, I like this because you got that, Mythology level punishment of, oh, you left, and I was so angry at you that I killed our son. son." Yes. Like, Inir didn't even know. He's like, I had no idea you were even pregnant. She's like, oh, yeah, and I had a kid, and then I murdered him, and that's why I'm here. This is my punishment. Mm -hmm. I'm a super powerful witch, but also... I am stuck in the middle of this web and I can never leave. And also, I'm I'm gonna kill you and I don't. I'm not gonna help you because I'm old and withered. And, and, and I mean, she, she's like, I'm not gonna kill you. The spider will. Yeah, I'm not gonna help though. And I I'm, can't I, help you. I can only turn this thing over yeah. once to stop it. And him. I can't help you find that tower or whatever. It doesn't matter. And it's all because I just don't care anymore. And he's like, but what if you you saw yourself the way I still see you as a hot young lady? And she's like, ooh, I'm all fancy again. Uh, they... And, you know, they have the conversation where it's like, oh, but, you know, I couldn't imagine you forgiving me. I killed your child. And Ineer's like, I never even knew I had a kid, so that's fine. It's not mine to forgive. You're gonna have to forgive yourself for that one. I never knew I had a son. Yeah, I forgave you before I ever showed up here. I fucked up. Yes, I should never have left. Yeah. So it's the two of them kind of having this reconciliation moment that tells you pretty clearly that Ineer's done. We're done with Ineer. Oh, yeah. Because it turns out since... She can't turn this hourglass thing more than once to stop that spider. She's like, all right, well, you're stuck in here. And he gives a whole speech about like, oh, your name is Lissa. And there's a woman who has your name and she's in love like we were in love. But we can make sure they get together like Mm -hmm. we didn't. And we can... Basically rectify the shit we did and do it right through them. It's weird that this was his second choice of wizard to go talk to, given that at the beginning of the movie, he was like, well, there's another prophecy I know about how a lady is going to have the same name as an ancient lady. And I dated a lady for a while with the same name as the current relevant princess. Yeah, but but why would you go see her? She's a murder person. I guess that's true. And his ex. The the prophecy doesn't specifically mention that you're going to need the help of the ancient Exactly. I guess that's fair. So, yeah, he manages to talk her into helping and then she's like all right well here's what i can do uh i'm gonna look into my mirror and figure out when the castle is gonna show up Mm -hmm. and tell you okay it's gonna be in the iron desert tomorrow Mm -hmm. and it will only be there for tomorrow because it changes every day and in order for you to leave the spider will only not attack anyone who is in possession of this sand yeah so breaks the hourglass gives him the sand and is like here you go, but also this is your doom, because while the sand stops him, the sand represents your life, so I'm going to die by pouring it out and giving it to you, and when it runs out of your hands, you will die. Yeah. And he's like, gives, well... <laughs> thanks for letting me know. This sucks, but okay. And so he runs back out there, and in the last couple seconds he has, before all the sand slips from his fingers and he dies, he tells them where they have to go. Yeah. And... Why that's a thousand leagues away. There's no way we'll get there. Uh, this is what, the but most... the fire mains can do it. I love that bit where the, the Cyclops just goes, "We could ride special horses. There are cool horses I know about." And everyone's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's go get them. Let's go get some Clydesdales." That's a thousand leagues away. We'll never make it. Fire mains could make it. Great. Okay, let's see solved. <laughs> Done. And. Surely they won't use their weird fire running power when we attempt to corral them, <laughs> so it'll be fine. The Cyclops is like, we could use these special horses. Hey, pretty lady. <laughs> it's so weird to me that the fire mares are just Clydesdales. They're just big horses. And when they first get them, they're like, ah, oh, these guys could do it. And I'm like, really? Because they're just horses. Like, yeah, they're Clydesdales. They're a little bigger, I guess. They're the coolest shot in the movie, though. So I, I this is one of the things I remembered. And... It turns out after they get them all together, uh, the Cyclops goes like, hey, uh, it's my time to die. So I'm just going to hang out here and wait for my like time to die. You guys go have fun. Uh, storm in the castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fire mares take off. And the entire, you know, big sequence of them corralling and lassoing and putting Jumping on them. Yeah. Putting fucking saddles on these horses. Eventually, they take off, and now they are running on fire. It's so cool, though, because you see them run off a cliff, and then you get this great, really far away shot of like what looks like a comet trailing through the sky, but it's got horses on top of it. It's a cool shot. Yeah. The fire bears are cool. Also, uh, going about a thousand leagues uh, over a day uh means that they had an average speed of 145 miles an hour. That's how fast <laughs> that horse is going. I'd forgotten what how much a league is. Yes. So, about 3 to 4 miles. Okay. And <laughs> so they can travel about 3500 miles mm-hmm. in a day. So that's about 145 miles per hour. Very impressive. Yeah. For flying horses. And th- again, this is one of those things that really fits what you what the thing you'd want from a movie like this, which is like well, his castle teleports all over the place, so we'll never it's really good security for him. We'll never be able to get to it. Well, what he doesn't know is that there's like magic sky horses on this planet, so you better believe we're going to get his ass. <laughs> yeah. Again, a point in this movie where I was like, fuck, I love the idea yeah. of fantasy versus sci-fi. Yeah. A spider witch told us where his sci-fi castle will be, and we'll use fire horses to, to ride the night sky itself <laughs> and then kick his ass. You're like... Fuck yeah. I Good want this d d campaign. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. I'm glad you did this. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, they find the fucking castle. Uh-huh. Out in the desert. They go in. They are having trouble getting in because there's no, like, main door they can just walk in. They start climbing up the, like, cliffside that is this castle. It opens up. They're getting shot at by lasers. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, there's there's no way they can get through. Oh, no, they're not going to make it inside before the suns rise and this teleports away. Mm-hmm. And in comes the fucking Cyclops on a fire horse with a spear that he chucks into a dude. and He's like. What up, bitches? I decided, fuck fate. <laughs> I'm like, nice, man. Well, I think he just knows the day of his death. I don't think he knows he had to die in that valley. I figured he just was like, I'm going to die today. I don't really want to slow you guys down. I'm just going to sit here till I die. And See, the- whereas he's like, oh, no, I know how I die. And if I try to go against it, I'll get fucked up. Oh, right. So he knows that he dies by getting squished then. No, he knows he was going to die in that valley. He's like, yeah. if I try to change that, it invites pain. Oh. And that's why he dies horribly. Yeah, he does not have a good death. But- But yeah, he does a heroic thing anyway. Fucking shows up to save the day. Fuck yeah, Rel. Takes some fucking laser blasts to his chest and stomach. Still manages to power through Mm -hmm. and, you know, vanguards the way into a window. And they manage to get in before the castle teleports away. But in order to teleport, all of the windows and things close. And he is holding it open so that everyone can get in. And it automatically shuts on him and he gets crushed to death by a window in a sci-fi castle. Sorry, Rel. You did amazing shit and we're cool. You were the coolest guy on this team and then you died. <laughs> I was just looking up uh, Ken Marshall, the guy who stars in this movie as Colwyn. He isn't in a lot of other things. Uh, but I did notice something you would probably be excited to know. He, he did a single episode appearance on Quantum Leap. Great. Yeah. The same year that uh Lissette, what's her name? The uh the, the female lead was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Both getting work. <sighs> you hate to see it. <laughs> and hey, the uh the in your guy was Thufir Hawat in the uh, in the Dune movie, in the in the early Dune movie. Good for him. He's a mentat. I'm gonna say some Dune words. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, uh, they're in the castle. Some more guys die here. They get either shot. We, Robbie Coltrane bites it on the, on the outside up. of yeah. the uh, ship. Oh, I was wrong. It was all worth it. Oh, yeah, because they have an entire thing before they get up there that was like, oh, it's not worth it because they're like, oh, what are you going to offer us? He's like, fame? Like, fame is bullshit. Yeah. You can't eat it. It doesn't spend. And you'll go mad trying to get it. No, thank you. Yeah. But he dies on the way up and he's like, it was worth it anyway. Uh, this whole thing that I didn't need to be paid. I love dying on the side of a weird spaceship. We mentioned it earlier, but Liam Neeson's character had had a scene where we established they stopped near like a small town at one point and uh, they established that he's married to a lady in this small town and, and also married to other. like six other ladies. Yes, he's married to a lady in every town and uh, she comes out to visit him and he immediately is like, who's that hot lady you're with? And she's like, ah, fuck you. Don't look at the other lady I'm with. And, and, uh, he dies here too. He gets, yeah, he gets, no, sh- he doesn't. Yeah. He, no, he didn't die on the outside, but he dies on the inside when they're all running around. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant he dies here as no, in not that scene. scene. No, I meant during this big castle raid sequence. Yes, he gets, he, he will gets die shot, here. And he goes, he's like, no, leave me. I'm ready to die. And then he dies. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. He was the other sort of caretaker of Titch. So Yeah. basically you had the cool gay dads of Titch, which was Ergo and whatever Liam Neeson's character's name was. Cregan? Cregan? Kragan? Kurgan? He was the Kurgan. He he was the Kurgan of uh, Actually we're adding an R, it's Keegan. No, oh, he was Keegan, Michael Keegan. Yes. Uh but uh but yeah, with both of them dead and Rel's now dead too, so his three dad triumvirate is is down to a single crappy dad. Yeah, he's just got a shitty wizard dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they go through, a bunch more people die, like, somebody gets, like, falls off a bridge. Yeah, they get, he gets hit with a laser and falls off a bridge, and they play one of the Wilhelms or something, and there's a part where Torquil and two of his guys get stuck in a cave full of spikes that's collapsing in on them, and one of those three guys gets impaled with the spikes and dies. Yeah. so Everyone, we get separated out, so... We're down to, like, six get, people left alive. We get Torquil and his couple of guys in the spike cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, We get... Titch and Ergo uh, by themselves. Ergo turns into a tiger in order to protect Titch. Yes, he which turns, is pretty cool. It's neat. He turns into a tiger and fucks up some of the some, some slayers. It's it's a good heroic turn for this character. Yeah, although literally every scene, I was like, I am afraid for that child who is next to an actual yeah. live tiger. Yeah, they keep showing <laughs> shots of him with the tiger in his, and like resting its head in his lap. And you're like, dude, no, no. I know you've definitely drugged that tiger way up, but also. Please don't. Even in that roar movie where there's like three hundred fucking lions in the movie, there's one tiger and no one gets anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah. I was just every time they showed that, I was like, Nope, don't want that to be on screen. Yeah. That's terrifying. But uh and, and then there's uh there's Colwin, and Colwyn finds the big the big prison where <laughs> where uh where Lissa is trapped And he finally is like, well, how am I going to break my way through that? I have no idea. I I haven't tried anything, so I know the first thing I'll try. The glaive! I haven't even attempted to, like, punch my way through or see what material this is made of. Hmm. So the second I see there is some sort of prison... I'm gonna grab my glaive and huck it at this thing. Yeah, that well, you know, that's that's the verb to glaive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, when you Which use. Also your... mm-hmm. Which also means to bluff. it also means to bluff. So uh... to glaive, <laughs> he said to glaive. <laughs> it probably owes you money. So he throws the glaive at this fucking wall, and I thought the wall was going to shatter like glass when this glaive hits it. Mm-hmm. Instead. He fucking just, like, outstretched hand Jedi mind movement this glaive and just makes it start spinning and cutting through. it's a saw. He turns it into a fucking flying buzzsaw and saws a big hole in this this prison. It takes a long time, though. Oh, yeah, it takes too long. Yes. But he eventually does. And he goes in and, like, some slayers show up and he's just like, and glaive murder everyone, and it does. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually manages to saw her loose, and then we finally have, they get reunited, and we finally have a sequence where we get to see the fucking beast. Yeah, we've cut glimpses of, like, the side of his face or uh his eyes, but he is just a big, weird, gross monster. He's a big, gross, gorilla alien-looking thing with, like, a messed-up face. And, you know, but he's so big that they only ever show him as a superimposition on the back of the screen. Yes, he is giant. Yes. And he gets glaved. And goes down. I like that he managed to repel the glaive. His primary weapon is spitting be- uh, a, a a ball of energy out of his mouth. Yeah, he's got, like, laser breath. So he keeps firing this ball of energy, and he manages to bounce the glaive back a few times before they manage to stick it in his side, and he falls. And we then spend too long with him trying to, like... Retrieve it. Jedi retrieve it, where he's just... So many pictures or shots of him, like, holding his hand out and looking expectantly. Here, be glavy like, glavy. come on! Glaive. No, man, this is exactly glaive why I told to you to me. not to put that fucking glaive away and save it. Because if you kill anyone with it, it gets stuck in them. No, man, he killed a shitload of slayers, and it was just like, and it murders them. Well, he killed anyone important with it. <laughs> yeah, well, he should have just used this the entire time. When they fought a bunch of fucking slayers in the swamp, he could have just been like, and glaive and everyone's dead. Great. I mean, it would have been great if he had just shown up at the web thing and killed that fucking spider with it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just shows up and is like, and fuck you. Yeah. But no, he kills... Well, he doesn't kill, he hurts the beast, they all start running away, mm-hmm. and then the beast comes back, and oh no, he doesn't even have his glaive, and how will he possibly win this time? And his wife, Lissa, his, his wife-to-be, is like, hey, we never finished getting married. The and power she, isn't the glaive, it's in you. It's your love, our love for each other. Here's this fire I've been holding in my hand the whole time, Scarecrow, and hands him a handful of fire, and when he's got it, he's just got flamethrower hand. Yeah, now he has just burning hands. He's but just like, just well, fucking well, powerful. Can shoot get- fire now. Like, that's a way stronger argument for getting married than in most planets, you know? Like, oh, if you get married on this planet, the dude can fucking huck fire everywhere. <laughs> I really wanted to know, I was like, is it because he has special power? Is he the king? Or, or? is that literally just you get married, you do the fire ceremony, and now... Any husband on this planet is like, oh, yeah, I shoot fire. I it. mean, Keegan's been married like six times. He should be th- flinging fire everywhere. So I got to assume it's like half king shit. <laughs> I assume it's just Colwyn. He's yeah. the chosen one. He's the chosen guy who gets to have fire from his wedding and throw it everywhere. Uh, and flamet- flamethrower the beast to be a barbecue and fall down. Yeah. It's, Kills uh, the beast, blows a giant hole in the side, and they all scrabble out because the beast was a load-bearing boss. Yes. He, uh, he, his castle collapses without him in it. So as soon as he dies, it all begins to, instead of collapse, it falls into the sky. Yeah, it falls upward. It leaves the planet. Yeah. It cracks apart and little bits go flying out into space. Mm-hmm. And then the crystal cracks. <laughs> it's a lot of other movies. And, and then that's it. Then they all are yeah. there. And he's like, well, Turkwill, you're one of five people that managed to survive this. So you're my Lord Marshall now. Yeah, the survivors are Torquil. The the kid who was the first person to volunteer, like the youngest of the bandits, is still kicking around. He does nothing in the movie other than be the first to volunteer, but he survives. Yep. Um, er, Ergo Titch and and our our young married couple are our full set of survivors. Yep. And he's like Torquil. I think it's finally time we took those fucking manacles off of you. And he's like, no, I want to keep them as a reminder. Torquil who spent this entire movie being a badass hero, who helps our, he- our, our, our main hero by fighting with a double-handed axe. And he's been wearing a big set of handcuffs on both hands the whole time. Yeah, he's just got big metal manacles on either arm. Yeah. And, and they're chained together, but it's just like in that way that they are on Cody in Street Fighter Alpha where he can still like he has a full range of motion. Are they? I yeah, thought they, they were apart. This final in this last shot you see him hold up and he's like no his hands are chained together, but it's a big chain. <laughs> big chain. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "Well, no, I want to keep him." He's like, "Whatever. Here's the key, but only the king and the lord marshal can have this key." I know. <laughs> 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 You there, boy! <laughs> I want you to get me the biggest goose in town. Oh, that's Ergo. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going to eat me then? <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. We yeah. don't even figure out how their kid is going to rule the galaxy, which is why we need a crawl two. Yeah, we need crawl two, where that where uh, the kid that comes from this this union is destined to rule the galaxy because the only space bearing vessel fell apart and flew fell into the sky. Yep, there's nothing left on this planet that is sci-fi, so. It'll be interesting to see how he would manage to rule the the galaxy. Maybe it's just titular. Maybe that's like why the uh the, the beast was here in the first place. That like due to some some weird mishap of galactic law, whoever's the king of this planet is the king of the galaxy. <laughs> they just don't know or have any power. It's a figurehead role. Oh, ah. well, all the other planets voted on it. They're like, oh, whoever's king of this crawl, backwater, dirt shit planet that can't leave mm-hmm. can be king because they won't interfere with us. Maybe there's something really important on the planet, like how how Arrakis is super important in Dune, even though it like totally sucks. But the spice can, you know, the spice yeah, it's flow. got Magic. Whoever <laughs> has the spice co- controls the universe. So, uh, so yeah, maybe it's the same thing. Like, if you get the cool magic shit off this planet, you can do all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> yeah, you can start shooting fire from your hands. But we're not getting any explanations because this is not that kind of a movie, which I, frankly, appreciate. Yeah. This movie introduces a lot of stuff and then is like, and you'll just have to deal with that. <laughs> we're not going to bother explaining anything. Yeah. So there you go. There's Krull. Let's get into our bests and worsts for this film. What was the best part of Krull for you? There's a lot of cool shit in Krull. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot lot of neat stuff. But I think I'm going to go with the heroic return of the Cyclops. Mm -hmm. The part where he comes in on a flaming horse and throws a spear through a building so they can get in. You're like... he kills a guy with it but still you're just like fuck that dude's rad and then he gets killed in a horrible way immediately as punishment for having done so and you're like yeah he's like oh I defied my fate so now I will die horribly you're gonna get squished you're gonna get turned into Cyclops pate (laughs) but uh but yeah he's it's a a neat character with terrible prosthetics but still you're like you still come out on the side of this guy by the end like fuck yeah Rel you rule good job yeah what about you oh man I god I want to say that the Cyclops is probably, as I said, the best thing in here because it's the most indicative of this film yeah. of being very cool and very shitty at the same time. Plus, I love how much he connects the two universes where it's like, oh, well, he's a Cyclops, so he's obviously some kind of weird old fantasy monster. Yeah, he's just some guy that lives on yeah, fantasy planet. And, and he's cursed to know the day of his own death. That's all pretty pretty straightforward mythic shit. But he's an alien from another planet, and the whole thing was a deal he made with a sci-fi king. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Cy- Cyclopes all come from another planet and they settled here after they were shamed into mm-hmm. getting their weird, I know the time of my death thing. Yeah. So that's, that. it's a neat combination. Yeah. That, that's probably the Cyclops is, he's just great. I mean, he, even his first heroic return when he sees the dead seer and then comes back and saves the day by running in and throwing a spear, which is pretty much his modus operandi. That's his one big thing. Yes. Just great. I mean, cool. the, I, if you want to come with a, sp- a single moment for him there's also the ignorance line which is just, oh yeah which is just bomb i also do want to throw out this movie has good fucking background music it does yes the actual like tracks for this movie i went oh this is rad this sounds like it could have been in willow or some other like sure. around that time fun fantasy romp so Hooray for that. Yeah. After watching a movie like Ice Pirates, this is really nice because it's like it doesn't feel it's, it's obviously supposed to be trying to cash in on the success of Star Wars, given that opening shot and what have you. Yeah. And it does the same thing where it's like, ah, we, not, we can't have access to Stormtrooper armor all the time. So fantasy costumes, it is everyone's dressed like Arthurian knights. <laughs> you get swords now. But this one's done right where you don't hate it. Well, yeah, because the other one was like, we are doing this to be cheap. And they're like, no, this is part of the theme. Yeah uh worst thing in crawl i i i mean i I think it might just be the fact that the 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 both the female leads are damsels more or less like the witch of the web seems like she's kind of neat, she has a cool power, she's cursed, she's stuck somewhere, but she's still all obsessed with beauty and aging where lissa sadly doesn't get to do much of anything the other lissa both the women in the movie are named lissa um doesn't get to do much of anything other than wander around album covers and i wanted to see more from her yeah so that that's probably it for me that was very disappointing i mean obviously the most disappointing thing to me is that they didn't full sci-fi the beast make it pure sci-fi versus magic the beast should have been fucking darth vader yeah. Or like General Grievous, where he's not even a Jedi, where he's just like a fucking robot with a bunch of laser swords. Yeah. Give me the beast is like, you can be a big, cool alien. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But just don't also be magic and do magic stuff. The, the thing about this, this would make such a good fucking RPG campaign, right? Like where you're playing as fantasy guys and sci-fi is invading your world and you'll never be able to run it correctly because your players are always gonna be like, I want that sci-fi shit. I'm going to get that and take over my own <laughs> yeah. planet with The it. second they kill a Slayer, they're like, I have a laser gun now. I have a laser gun done. And you're like, no. The whole point of this is that the fantasy shit you have is better than their dumb sci-fi shit. Ugh. Uh. All right, let's rank the film. We are each going to give this movie a ranking from zero to five for a total out of 10. Jeff, uh, I'm going to give it a three. Uh, I was thinking three and a half because it does. It's It's a good movie, but it drags. It's too long. There's way too much wandering around in the middle. The special yeah. effects aren't amazing, but ultimately, it's a really fun time. Like, it's an okay movie to watch. Yeah. So, it's very middle of the road for me, where where it, it I mean, it's it, it's a lot like Dark Crystal, because I also watched this when I was a kid, so I have a, I, I similarly have a childhood affection for it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I am more aware of its flaws. That's fine. So, I'm going to give it a three. I could potentially be tempted to go as high as a three and a half, I feel. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with a four, because this movie... As I said, rules. Yeah, that's This fair. movie rules and sucks, and I love it, but it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's just too long. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's more than two hours. You could definitely cut 15 minutes of nonsense from this, and it would be fine. I feel like you could cut the entire plot with the Emerald Seer, like, and you'd be fine. You don't need him. No, you need that. You need that for character Hell, building, even, for we, the relationships yeah. for people. We also cut the other doppelganger attack. Remember that? There was a bit where when we were in our review Well yeah, the whole thing was, oh, the other doppelganger goes after Colwyn but instead of trying to murder him, is trying to seduce him so that the beast can go like look, your beloved will betray you or die. Yeah, and, and she's not trying very hard. She keeps being like, Let me comfort you. Come no, on. Comfort me. Let me comfort comfort me. I want comfort. I, I mean comfort by way, I mean sex. Come on. Come on. He's, like, he's like, No, I'm engaged. No, i the whole quest, <laughs> I could not and I, I, should not. I'm just trying to rescue my wife. would never my, my wife. This I is will re- not seek comfort while she knows none. Yeah. And then she finally is like well, I could have killed you and I chose not to for so I in the, see the hour I've love. known you. I love you. And then then the beast kills her with a wave of his hand. Yeah, it's a neat sequence. But yeah, I, I mean, I I think I might go as high as a three and a half. Let's say that. All right. Seven and a half out of ten mm-hmm. feels right for this film. It does. It is. This is fun. It is a fun fucking movie. It yeah. is a movie that you could watch and be like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, like if you're looking at that list of movies between 1982 or 1985 or so that are very clearly just like, well, Star Wars made money. This is the one to watch. Yeah, this is the one that doesn't suck a whole lot. <laughs> I'd say this one, and I don't remember what it specifically was made, but but uh, the uh, last Starfighter, okay, which, which also I mean it's absolute bullshit early cgi that completely sucks for all the space sequences but the movie is it's the same thing where it's earnest and fun yeah it just leans into everything and you come out the other side happy this is a very similar movie to that in those respects and no others there you go yeah all right thank you so much for joining us we will be back in another couple weeks with more movie mastery and if you would like to support the show, you like what we do, you can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash System Mastery. That is where you can get at any level of support, ad-free versions of this show. Mm-hmm. You get your own special feed from there. Yep. And any amount that you support us at unlocks bonus content for our various shows, mm-hmm. so you can get. The two per month, four per month, or ten per month level, at $10 a month, you unlock everything, everything. Baby, you get everything. You get The Afterthought, our monthly discussion and Q&A podcast. You get TV Mastery, where we are currently going through very special episodes. So which very We're about special. to do another one of those, so I'm excited, where we're going through the very special episodes of the 80s, 90s, and sometimes even earlier. Uh, to, and sometimes even later. Sometimes even later. Uh, those have been just a hoot. Uh, and then you also get these expounded, expanded, expanded Universe bonus Star Wars shit where we go to Wikipedia, find stories. You get it all. Yeah. It's a great deal for value, for oh, money. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's great. And it helps us do what we do. But, of course, if you cannot support us financially, we fully understand. Times are tough, but it doesn't cost you anything to just leave a review or give us a nice high rating, uh, five stars or nothing, because... That's the way algorithms work. If you don't have five stars, you suck and you don't get uh, recommended. That's right. Or bake us a piping hot gooseberry pie. (laughs) As big as a house. I'm not going to be able to eat it, but I'd appreciate the gesture. Also, I have no idea what gooseberries taste like, and I don't think they're good. It doesn't matter. You pour enough sugar on them, they're going to taste like pie. (laughs) All right. We'll be back in two weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you all have a good one.